And then a couple years later, business kept growing and growing and they needed more permanent help. So they asked me if I would be interested in coming to that. And uh, my wife, Christina, she loved it. So that's definitely what she wanted to do. Yeah. And I knew it could be a, a very good career business. Right. So I took the chance and went to work with my wife and, you know, we had to see what was going to happen because, you know, yeah. that not everybody can work with their, with their spouse. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 118 of the Command of Voice. Today, I speak with the co-owner of Orchard Nursery. Please welcome Nick Sanders. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice podcast, where I interview folks around Camino Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. How did your guys' week go? Um, we're, I'm recording this on the, the week of, uh, well, it's October 29th today, so it's Friday. We're just about to roll into the Halloween weekend. Um, and yeah, I guess I'm just realizing it's already November. (laughs) Um, so, uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, you can always message me, uh, on the Instagram, uh, at the Camino Voice. Um, or you can reach out to me via email at voice at commons.com. But um, I'd love to hear what are your guys' uh, holiday traditions, uh, maybe favorite Thanksgiving traditions as we get closer to that. Um, actually, I guess we're closer to Halloween. So uh, what are your Halloween traditions? Uh, what is your favorite costume you've done? That would be a fun one. So, uh, yeah, send me a message through Instagram or via email. Uh, I'd love to hear you guys, uh, what you guys do. So. Uh, anyways, today I speak with Nick Sanders from Orchard's Nursery. Um, <clears throat> sorry about that. Yeah, so he is uh, he's part of the second generation that is now taking over from the first generation that started Orchard's Nursery. And uh, they're kind of in that transition period, but, um, you know, works with his wife um, and then also works with his brother and sister-in-law. So, um, you know, it's a multifaceted family business now with, with many members working together. And um, so we dive into that. Um, and uh, I think it's just an interesting, a very interesting business um, to be able to do that because, you know, I have experience doing so. Um, and I know other people who have as well. And uh, there are unique challenges with family businesses. Um, there's massive positives, but there's also negatives that you guys have to deal with. And so um, I loved having this conversation, getting to hear his perspective, uh, how they've worked through some of those things and decided kind of roles and positions for everybody and, uh, how it's kind of going. And, you know, we, <clears throat> we've all heard about the supply chain issues and, um, that we had a heat wave here in Washington, uh, earlier this year. So all of those things are affecting, you know, nurseries and stuff like that. So we get into that as well, uh, how that's affected their business. So, uh, we get into a lot of stuff. So anyways, uh, Without further ado, here's my conversation with Nick Sanders. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Command of Voice. Today, I'm here with the manager, with the, one of the managers at Orchards Nursery. Welcome to the podcast, Nick Sanders. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining me. So, before we get started, tell us a little bit about Nick. Um, I've lived here in Stanwood and Commando area my entire life. Um, I'm 37, so I've seen the town go from 
the one or two stoplights to <laughs> to what it is today. Um, it's definitely been an interesting trip. Um, I went to school here my whole life. My wife and I actually graduated high school together. Um, we didn't date or anything in high school, but we have been in town together for a very long time. Um, going on 11 years of marriage, and we've been together 15 years. We've got two little, two little girls. Nice. Um, it's kind of cool being part of a community like that because my kids now have teachers that I had yeah. as a kid. You know, yeah. you walk into a school and somebody recognizes you from 25, 30 years ago when you were a kid and, <laughs> you know, you're helping your kid in the school. So yeah. it's kind of fun. Um, yeah. That's pretty much what we do, though. We, we work and we have our, our family life. That's, that's what's important to us. Nice. Yeah, well, and, and I'm sure um, that kind of uh, it is apparent with everything with, with the, you know, being a part of a family business and all of that. Like, that's... Definitely, yeah. It's, it's a big, you know, that's a big step. I think a lot of, uh, you know, that doesn't necessarily work out with every family. No, um, and it's, it has its challenges for sure. Yeah. I mean, anybody that tells you it doesn't is... Is lying to you. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you got you got to roll with it though. What do yep. you you know? Yeah. You let it get to you too much, and then you just, you just won't move forward. Right. So. Yeah. Well, and I, the other thing that um, I think is interesting in this area, considering or with the school system specifically, is that a lot of schools and stuff, you're you don't necessarily like the teachers and stuff. You see them like the kids see them at school and stuff. Um, but if it's a bigger community or city, like that's probably where they only see them. Whereas in the San Camino community, it's so small that you most likely run to them at QFC or Higgins or yep. the Plaza. Like yep. you see the teachers out and about as well as in the classroom. A lot of them shop with us and they say, how are the girls doing? How's, you know, even, even during the school shutdown, we, we opted for a Saratoga program for our oldest daughter. So mm-hmm. she didn't actually go to the school last year. Even some of the teachers <clears throat> from the actual school, when they'd come in the nursery, they'd say, hey, how's she doing? How, how's everything going? It's because they... They know. Yeah. The, the community knows who's who belongs to who, you know? Yeah. There's a genuine interest there. Yeah. No, I always think that's a really a positive thing in, in this community. Awesome. So um, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen over 37 years of growing up in this area? Oh, man. It's uh, the, the housing communities have far started to outweigh the farming. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been, you know, we used to get stuck behind P-Viners. Every summer, <laughs> there aren't any pea liners left. I worked at Twin City Foods in the summer through high school. Yeah, I don't think that job even exists anymore there. Yeah, um, it's it's different, you know. The it, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's it's brought a lot of commerce to the community. Um, I personally don't think crime has gotten has grown as much as the community has, like you would maybe think. Right. Um, and it's a lot of good people, a lot of people that, you know, either work from home or commute, but they're good people that live here and, and spend money here and involve themselves in the community. And, you know, so yeah, I, it's gotten definitely far bigger than I think anybody imagined it would. Yeah. But I, I don't see a negative in it. Right. So. Well, I think, yeah, I think, uh, I know Kameno, I mean, has, has grown a lot, um, but it's got limits on how big it can get just because it's an island. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Stanwood's been surprising to me how much it's grown over the time of me being here. Yeah. Um, cause it kind of like, I don't know, it wasn't like, it was kind of a little bit lower and like most people didn't think like, oh, I want to live in Stanwood. Um, but more recently, like Stanwood's really evolved a lot. It's got, it looks really nice when you're driving around through yep. it. There's been a lot of good changes. There's a lot of of really nice new businesses that have opened mm-hmm. because people that have moved here, 
that maybe those businesses don't exist if those people don't move here. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I've seen a lot of good stuff. Definitely far more good than bad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Nice. How was it, um, because Tw- Twin City Foods is one that everyone sees it, everyone knows about it, um, but now it's like, it's a lot, like they've moved a lot of their stuff out of this area now. They've got, I think, some offices in town still, but the rest of it's basically something mm-hmm. else's. Yeah. What was that like back then? Was it, I mean, it was really this, a big central focus of Stanwood. Um, what was it like back then, I guess? Uh, when I worked there, it was great. I did the night shift. So, I mean, we worked like, it was like seven at night till five in the morning or something like that. I mean, I worked with buddies. I made friends while we worked there. It was, you know, it was a great way to make, you know, the money you needed in the course of four weeks, five weeks, maybe. You made good money to pay your car insurance, to pay your gas, to, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you had to do. It was like, it was a great way to make high school money. Yeah. And they, they treated you well. They paid you, they paid you good, you know? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of long-term people who work there that, you know, I don't know what happened to their jobs when they left, but. I mean, that's kind of a sad part of the whole thing. There's a lot of people that work there for a long time. Yeah. So, but from my perspective of being a high school employee there, it was great. Yeah. And I, I don't know that today's high school kids would have any interest in working it in the Twin City Foods plant. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that would be a thing. Right. <clears throat> well, and, and like labor laws and all that stuff is, have obviously evolved a lot over the last, you know, 30 years or so. But um and then also just the matter of, like, the type of work and stuff. Um, yeah. No, it's always a fascinating thing. That building is – I've never actually gone inside of, like, the Twin City production area. I remember when the first one actually burned down. Okay. Yeah, that's actually the – I don't know how to remember how much of the building, but a lot of the building burned down, and it shut off the highway, and there was, you know, families stuck on Camino and other parts of their families stuck in Stanwood because they couldn't get back and forth. Wow. And yeah. That was – I don't remember when. Sometime in probably the mid-90s or something, I would imagine. I don't remember exact. But okay. Yeah. There was actually, I remember a big push after that happened to create an alternate way on and off Camino Island mm-hmm. after that happened on that, in that building. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think the Stanwood Camino Bridge is an interesting because it's had so many evolutions, but in every one of its evolutions, it's never gotten an actual second or third lane. It's yeah, it's gotten wider. There are but bigger like, shoulders on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is helpful, but I don't know. Logistically, there is a way to put a second alternate route on right. and off of there. So yeah. yeah, not unless you connect somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Um, so you grew up in this this area. Um, once you guys, once you were graduating high school, what was your plan after that? Um, my plan, my entire childhood, was to go into law enforcement. That's what I always wanted to do. I was always told I had the demeanor for it. Um, so I, I pursued that. I went to community college for that. I went after that. Um, it got to a point where I was at the point to get real serious about it. Um, when I started doing that, it, it started moving towards you had to have at least two-year degree in order to advance okay. through law enforcement. And then to a certain point, you had to have a four-year degree to advance. Okay. It, was, it seemed like it was moving away from you can't just sign up, go to the academy, and become a cop. And in advance. You need to have degrees. Yeah. So I, I started going to school for it and I knew some people that were in law enforcement and I talked to them more and more. And I, the way that the, the respect for the officers was going, the stress that it brings on a family. Yeah. I had to readjust 
what I wanted to do because I didn't want to bring that to a relationship, to a, to a marriage, to a, to a whatever. So I, I changed course and went to work full time and moved on from there and just let life come to me. Yeah. Um, I, I determined that I, I wanted, I wanted to make sure that, that my relationship with my, well, we weren't together then, but a wife, whatever I, whenever I got a, got married, yeah. that I didn't bring something like that into a marriage. Cause I don't think everybody can handle that. And I don't yeah. think that's anybody's fault, right. but I recognize it as something I didn't want to have to deal with. So I moved on. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, I've, I've interviewed, um, Luke Plumbeck, um, who's a, a deputy here. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like Levon, who's the fire chief, um, and those type lines of work. And then I've had friends and family who have, you know, been in that and it is mm-hmm. it's such, yeah, it's, it's really, it has to be a calling both, not just for the, the husband that's doing or the spouse that's doing it, but also the, the other spouse that's at home because yeah. there's, there's stress on both sides. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know how you can leave that stress at the door. Right. I mean, everybody brings stress home from them, regardless of the say they do or don't. Yeah. It's just a lot heavier in some jobs and, you know, so yeah, that was a decision I made at the time because I, having a family and stuff was more important to me. So I decided to give up on that one yeah. and pursue something else. Yeah. So what did you end up doing for work then? Um, actually, I worked for Skagit Farmers for 12 years. I worked at the feed store downtown here. I ran the feed store there for a little while. Okay. Um, made all kinds of good friends and made, became really good buddies with the director of HR. And he called me up one day and said, hey, man, we want you to come drive propane trucks and install tanks and we'll pay for your CDL and we'll pay for the whole thing. So I moved on and, and worked for the same company, but I started delivering propane and installing propane systems and tanks. And yeah, it's a whole completely opposite career yeah. field. And <laughs> uh, I had a lot of fun. I made some great friends that I still talk to on the regular now that have moved on to their own businesses that have helped me out and I've helped them out over the years. And yeah, yeah, that was good stuff. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually worked for Skagit Farmer Supply um, when I was in high school or, or transitioning from high school to uh, college. Um, and to this day, I, you know, I've worked professional jobs. Um, I was a mechanical engineer for a while. Um, so I've worked in, you know, professional jobs. I've also worked in a lot of other jobs. Um, and, uh, Skagit Farmer Supply still to this day, when I think back of that, they d- treated their team so well. They oh, had yeah. so many things in yep. place to treat their team. Uh, you know, their Christmas party they used to throw was just incredible. Like I, I still have not worked at a business that throws it like they did at that level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Those parties were fun. And we used to do like retreats in the summertime. We'd go on these company retreats mm-hmm. and yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed it. Um, Honestly, I would probably still be working there if, if the nursery thing didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have any serious intention of leaving. Yeah. It just happened that way. Right. So. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, so you were working at Skagit, um, then during that time, is that when you started, uh, dating and everything? Uh, yeah, my wife and I started dating in 2000, uh, like 17 or something like that. Um, I was working at the feed store downtown. Um, we had some mutual friends and we had just started all hanging out and her and I started dating and here we are 15 years later. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, but yeah, and she, you know, we, 
we moved in together in our apartment. I was delivering propane and, and doing that for a couple years, bought our first house, got married. Um, and as soon as we got back from our honeymoon, she went back to work for her parents. Okay. So her parents, Mark and Lisa, own Orchard's Nursery. Yep. And they started it from nothing. It was all farmland there. None of that other stuff existed. Yeah. And over the course of time, as things got busier and busier, they needed more permanent help. Yeah. Um, just having seasonal help during the busy times just wasn't cutting it anymore. Right. So she went back to work there in the summer of 2010. Okay. Um, and then a couple of years later, business kept growing and growing, and they needed more permanent help. So they asked me if I would be interested in coming to that. And uh, my wife, Christina, she loved it. That's definitely what she wanted to do. Yeah. And I knew it could be a, a very good career business. Right. So I took the chance and went to work with my wife and, you know, we had to see what was going to happen because, you know, yeah, that not everybody can work with their, with their spouse. Right. Um, and at no fault of the other one, you just have different personalities, right. different whatever. And yeah, we've made it work. We haven't had problems and it's it's been a blast ever since nice yeah so what was that what was the decision like that for you um because th- there's a, obviously a lot of implications in that you're giving up uh on one hand you're giving up your career of what you had built of what you were going down um you're also um uh bringing together the income like they're all coming from one spot so you're no longer diversified on that right. and then of course you're moving into a family business that your in-laws are the owners working with your wife, how did that all, the, all the decision-making go into that? Uh, it was nerve-wracking. I mean, at the time we had our, our oldest daughter was only a year old. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd only been in our, in our house for like three years. So we had a mortgage, we had car payments, we had, you know, we were going into a, a family business industry that was weather and housing market dependent Yeah. for, for a lot of the part, you know, and, mm-hmm. and um, the area was starting to come out of the recession wasn't fully out. It was coming out of the recession, so there was there were some chances to take there. Um, it, it wasn't easy. Um, it was we did a lot of talking and stuff. The biggest we weren't worried about the money part. We weren't worried about that part. We'd figure that out. Yeah. The biggest part was: Are we going to be able to work together without getting mad at each other right. or without ruining a marriage over over yeah. work? It's not worth it. If right. that's going to be an issue, then we need to keep our own separate careers and. We can't make work a marriage problem, right? right? So we we decided we'd go for it, and you know, yeah, everything's worked out for the for the better, you know. Nice. So we did it for our, for the potential for our family and for our kids, and as of right now, it was the right choice. Yeah. So with the um, with uh, your in laws, then when they started it, was there like was it just a a I guess, like, how were they ever planning on making it as big as it is, or was it just kind of a side? Uh, dreams, yeah, dreams. Yeah. Um, I don't think they were a hundred percent sure when those dreams would come to fruition, or mm-hmm. if they would, in yeah. in in this community. Um, so the nursery opened in two thousand four. Okay. Um, this area has erupted since then. Right. I mean, there's houses. Most of the houses that are here now probably weren't even here in two thousand four. Right. You know, so very fortunate. Um, they, they brought a lot of knowledge with them. This isn't their first run with plants. They both worked for a large um, wholesale nursery selling to big box stores and okay. stuff and district managers and sales reps and stuff. So they, you know, 
how to, how to, how to market it, how to price it, how to do all that stuff. But they already knew how to do that. Yeah. Now you have to get a community back on you. Yeah. To come to you, to purchase from you and return purchasing from you. Right. Um, it's kind of a niche spot though, because the next closest are about 30 minutes in either direction. Yeah. And that location on the highway is key. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't get on and off Commando Island without driving past us. Right. So that's, that I don't think they, they recognize that at the time as yeah. that location is going to be the, one of the biggest keys to the entire business. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Was that, um, cause that can also be like sometimes people trying to turn out of that and stuff. Have they been, um, how has that kind of evolved over time? Cause obviously uh, it's, it's it hasn't evolved at all. It's just <laughs> as difficult, if not harder now than it was before. The mm-hmm. most traffic during the, uh, the stay at home order when yep. people weren't driving, yeah. we'd pull out of there at night and be like, uh, we don't, we can just pull right out onto the highway. There isn't <laughs> anybody here. I mean, there's times you'll, you know, we all go left. We all live up in the, in the Cedar home Stanwood community area. Okay. So we don't, we don't turn right to come on the island. So we have to cross traffic when yeah. we leave. Sometimes you'll wait, you know, 10, 12 minutes to get out on the highway. And uh, we were hoping when they redid that highway like they did, there was going to be a turn lane added or something. Or something. Um, we're, we're looking forward to seeing the final idea for the expansion with the roundabouts and the, the alternate route going north and where all that lands. Because yeah. a couple of those plans could really benefit us for yeah. coming in and out of there. Right possibly even a, a way to get a truck route into us as opposed to using the main entrance, that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah we're, I made sure to fill out that survey and pick the one that we wanted <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Cause there's, there's a couple of those that, you know, they all ride alongside our property and a couple of them cross our property in the back. Okay. So some of those could drastically benefit our customers for ease of getting in and out yeah, of there yep. for sure. Yeah. yeah. So nice. Other than that, it hasn't, it's just gotten <laughs> harder, you know? So, but unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about it. Right. Yeah. It's all, you're waiting on the city and the state to, to push their stuff. Yeah. It's we don't, fun. we don't really have any say in it. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. We, we tried to have some say in it and, you know, it, yeah. it's just not going to get anywhere. So, right. Yeah. Sounds like something's in the works. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So what is everyone's role? Um, and <clears throat> I, I guess this is a two part question. First, what is everyone's role in of the people that work there? Sure. And then um, how important was that to really identify whose everyone's role was? Uh, so my, my in-laws, Mark and Lisa, who started it and ran it for all those years. Um, Mark has retired as of this last June. Um, he still comes in periodically here and there with people on vacation and stuff. But for the, you know, for the most part, he's, he's retired. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother-in-law, Lisa, she is looking at possibly retiring next year. We'll see. Okay. Um, so basically the four of us, which is myself and my wife and my brother-in-law, my wife's brother and okay. his wife are going to be taking over the business. Okay. Um, so my, my brother-in-law and my wife will be, you know, technically running the business, but all four of us will be running the business, Right. you know? Um, it's a, it's a family partnership. Yeah. So my brother-in-law does all the, all the books okay. and he orders all the hard goods and, uh, the chemicals and the soils and the decor and, um, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister-in-law is in charge of the house plants and then she helps out with the decor stuff and she does the vegetables and herbs during the spring and summer. Okay. 
And then my wife and I do all of the plants. So okay. I do all the trees and the shrubs. Um, I do all the landscape orders. Um, we help people design their gardens. We answer all those questions, identifying plants, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, my wife does all the annuals and perennials and general knowledge. She just knows so much. <laughs> you know, she likes to jump in when I'm not sure what the question is and <laughs> answer is and give the answer. And, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's fun. But, yeah, that's, I mean, her and I, we love the plants. That's what we do. I mean, I, you know, I love Japanese maples. I have my own collection of them. Nice. So selling that kind of stuff to me when I get to talk to people about that kind of stuff, it's, you know, it's fun. I, I, really, I enjoy talking to people and, you know, yeah. Yeah. So well, that's kind of how we broke it all down and yeah, seems to work out for us. Nice. So moving into it then, was that something that like, it, um, that you guys, did you guys kind of just fall into that as far as like positions and stuff or was there more of more intention behind that? Um, well, the original intention was for Christina and I to kind of take over the whole thing originally. And then her brother wanted to come join. So we had him come in and then his wife wanted to come join. So we had her come in. Um, Christine and I quickly learned that we wanted to be working outside with the plants. Okay. That's what we wanted to do. Yeah. So we, you know, we took that whole project on and made that our responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Dan, my, my wife's brother, my brother-in-law, he's, he's good with the numbers. He's good with the books. He's, he's good with that kind of stuff. So that was an easy an easy no brainer on who should be taking care of that if we're not going to hire and pay an outside accountant. Right. You know, so that was an easy transition. And, uh, my sister-in-law, Cabrina, she took a real, a real big liking to the houseplants and stuff. And we didn't, we didn't have a a huge houseplant selection. We've Mm -hmm. been building that over the years and she's built it pretty big. We got a pretty good houseplant thing going on. So that's, that's really worked out. She's, she knows what she's doing. So Mm -hmm. yeah, everybody's just kind of fallen into a place that interests them and, you know, we try to focus on that so that we can get the right answers to people. And, right. you know, so much to know and learn that it's almost overwhelming to try to know it all. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So when did your um, brother-in-law and sister and his wife, I guess, um, when did they end up joining the business then? Uh, I think Dan came by four, maybe five years ago. Okay. Something like that. Yep. And then my sister-in-law, Cabrina, she came, I think it's like three or four years ago now. Okay. Yeah. So my wife's been back there since 2010. Okay. And I came in 2014. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, oh, that, so you were, she was working there for quite a while before you ended up. Uh, yeah. Yep. Up. Okay. Yep. There were some years in there and, you know, they were working on extending the business and stuff out and, you know, I had a pretty good job that was making pretty good money and yep. we were moving along and then business started getting busier so you know nice yeah so was there a lot of intention as as you guys moved in this direction because i think with family business um and now you're working with your your brother-in-law as well and and his wife so you've got all these different pieces what what was kind of the i guess how did the intentions and everything go through with mark and lisa passing that on and and, you know working towards that direction uh we always knew it was going to happen yeah um, it, it was basically just up to them when they decided they wanted to be retired. Um, you know, they, they've had so many years of doing it and they have so much knowledge 
that we basically just tried to tap in and learn that knowledge for as long as humanly possible. Yeah. And they, you know, tried to wait until they, they felt we, we knew what we needed to know. Yeah. And then we can advance ourselves from there. Yeah. And obviously because it's a family business and, you know, they live three minutes from me anytime <laughs> we need something, you know, it's just a phone call away or, you know, so yeah, the intention was always to transition that way and, you know, that'll be coming, happening in the next near future at some point. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, um, is that like exciting, stressful, like all the things? Uh, both, (laughs) you know, it's, it, I'm excited. We're excited. All of us are excited for them. Um, they've worked so many years. I mean, I I mean, my father-in-law, Mark worked almost seven days a week, all those years. Lisa worked at least six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. I mean, it was, it was them running four or five seasonal people through the year. I mean, it was yeah. a lot of work and a lot of time. And that was just time from being open. Yeah, That's not counting all the time, before hours and <laughs> after hours. And, and there's a lot of that in there too. So yeah. I'm excited. They've, they've built something that, that we can continue going and they get to retire and, and watch us keep it going and, yeah. and keep it in the family. You know, the name is staying on the side of the building. Yeah. That's the name they built, and that's the name we're going to keep there. Yeah. That's, you know, that's important. That's important to me, and it's important to us that, you know, it's not going to somebody else who just is buying it for the property and changing the name, changing the values, changing the, so. Yeah. Yeah, we're excited. It's, the nerves I don't think are necessarily there so much because it's been several years of everybody working together, and it's like, it's like the other ones are just on an extended vacation kind of deal, you know, (laughs) and so, Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Um, so what are some of the events, like annual events that you guys have throughout the calendar year? Uh, well, the past two years, you haven't been able to do much of anything for <laughs> annual events. You know, we used to do a big, a big anniversary sale with hot dogs and a big, huge sale with just about everything on sale and give out free, give out free stuff with raffle tickets and all that. And you really haven't been able to do that the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, we talked about maybe doing that this last year and it just... You know, it just didn't feel right at the time to, mm-hmm. to go back into that. And it, it may be something that just doesn't happen again. You know, that may just be, everybody just may have moved on from those kinds of things. We'll see. Um, yeah. uh, but, you know, we're, we've always talked about trying to do some other kind of, kind of something mm-hmm. um, in the summer or the fall. We'll see. We haven't, we haven't narrowed that down yet. Yeah. Um, you know, business is so crazy for three months that you hit summer and fall and you're kind of like, all right, let's be a little bit of a, little bit of a break, you know, right. it's, yeah. you know, so let's see, it seems like maybe, you know, the community here isn't, isn't too super interested in, in big events like that for us. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, something we've talked about, something we're trying to come up with something for. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I think when it comes to events, they're, um, it's, they're so, events are so weird because, um, one, like there's a lot of energy and stuff put into actually putting them on and getting them built out. Mm -hmm. Um, and usually the first, for sure the first one, but even after that, the first couple can sometimes be 
not like massive. They're just like you put all the work in as if they were big, but they're not. Yeah, you're probably three to five years out from seeing a right. a huge turnout. Right. So it, it takes so. that time to build it up, and then you know there are events that like sometimes you realize no, they're just not for this community. Like people just aren't interested. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it just takes time, and then you have to juggle all of those things. And there's definitely an an art to putting on events and stuff like that. Yeah, we started getting rolling with doing some classes. And then the original COVID shutdown, we had to we had to cancel classes. Yeah, um, and we didn't run those again this last year. Um, we've talked about maybe trying to do something for the following year. We're not sure. We haven't decided yet. Yeah. Um, it it kind of seems like more if we just let everybody know that they can answer que- they can ask us questions at any time. Yeah. I mean, I, I answer emails and Facebook messengers all day. You know, through the night. I mean, there's. <laughs> You know, so I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure if actual classes are as beneficial as letting everybody know we're always available for questions. Um, So something we're thinking about again. Yeah, everything. Everything's had to change the past two years. So we're kind of unsure even what this next year is going to bring. You know, yeah, maybe this maybe this winter causes another big another big shutdown or, or another who knows. So, yeah. Spent too much time, energy planning something just to just to exit out again, you know. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, no, we've definitely had our handful of those things. Yeah, you set it up, and then they just they can't happen. So yeah. they go away. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. So then, how has um, I, I know COVID uh, from our business perspective? Like, there's a ton of supply issues and stuff like that. Um, but then, like in the nursery business, there's also was the massive heat wave which affected. How has supplies and stuff been for you guys? Um, supplies have been interesting. Um, this next year from the scheme of things, from the sounds of it, it's going to be even more interesting. So, you know, plants aren't a manufactured item, right? You can't hire more people to just to build more plants, right? I mean, they take X amount of time to root, to grow, to, to all that. It doesn't matter how many people you have, the plant still takes time to grow from a cutting or a whatever into a retail size plant. Mm-hmm. Um, sales have been so high the past two years across the industry that everybody's behind. Yeah. I mean, we do, we do tie offs. We call them tie offs. You order plants in like, you know, July, August, September for the following year. Okay. So the wholesalers know what kind of inventory they need to have. Yeah. And we're already getting stuff back. There's a lot of stuff that just isn't going to be available in the spring, might be available in the summer of Mm -hmm. 2022, that kind of stuff. So yeah. People have been in it for 30, 40, 50 years or saying we've never seen this yeah. happen before and we can't grow it any faster. So, yeah, it's uh, it's where having a long-term relationship with the wholesalers, mm-hmm. um, buying them from them for so many years, having your account in good standing, all that kind of stuff really, really pays off because it gets you ahead of, unfortunately, it gets you ahead of some of the new nurseries or it gets right. you ahead of, Unfortunately, maybe somebody that's struggling and, and their account isn't 100% up or, or something. Yeah. Um, but when you're, you know, you only got X number of plants to sell, right. they got to go to somebody. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, we've been fortunate that, you know, with the standing that we have and the relationships that we have, that, you know, we'll, we'll fend it off as much as we possibly can. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have like, not contingency because you can't like go buy plants somewhere else. But like, do you guys have, I'm sure this has been a conversation with you guys. Is there, are you guys looking ahead at like, what are ways we can diversify or like adjust or things like that? Um, 
Yeah, a little bit, I suppose. But you you can't do too much because you're, you're you're waiting on the plants to grow. Yeah. Um, so we we bought more stuff this last summer and fall that we're planning on wintering over because we know that that stuff may not be available next year. Okay. Um, ordering in, in much larger quantities possibly for the first run of the springs. That way maybe that stuff will last us longer through the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly growing a few more of our own things, that yep. kind of stuff. I mean, it's almost in a order more than you ever would have and hope you get a percentage of it right kind of deal yeah so. yeah and then um just so everyone's clear on orchard nursery like there's the buildings and all that stuff mm-hmm. um the farmland behind it is that you guys or is that else someone else's that's our land that's your land but okay we lease that out to be farmed okay yeah got it so then orchard nursery really is just the the buildings in that first area yeah the business of it yeah we own the whole property but yeah, the, the business part of it is just that front portion okay. that you see. Nice. Yep. yep. Very cool. So now that you guys are, um, you know, moving in that transition period of, you know, taking over to the next generation, mm-hmm. um, what do you guys see as the future of Orchard's Nursery? Um, well, there's been talks about making it into some sort of a, of a destination area. I'm not 100% sure if that's the right move or not, but it's definitely something that we should look into and talk about and determine. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of plant people travel, and they travel distances to come see nurseries and come find plants. And, you know, um, like I told you before, I'm, I collect Japanese maples myself. Mm-hmm. I know I know of people that come from distance to come talk to me about maples because they know I'm a collector of them, and they enjoy talking to people who are collectors of them. Yeah. Um, Social media has driven business to us from from reaches far out of our community. Um, we've had people come up from Lacey to buy trees. We have stuff from Bellingham. We have people from the you know Island County from over in Oak Harbor and stuff okay. coming over. So having more to attract more of that, um, especially something when they get there to like oh wow this was this was a good trip. I'm glad we moved over this way, you know, and, and yeah. came here. So I think some of that too is, is having the plants that maybe people don't see in other places. Yeah. Um, we try to, we try to get stuff that not everybody has along with the stuff that everybody has. Cause that's the meat and potatoes. Right. Right. But you know, plant people, there's a lot of them that collect. There's a lot of them that want something they haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, you, you just went up a notch in their, in their scale. Yeah. So um, that's that's something there that we're, you know, discussing, and yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Cool. I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure what 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 that moves into, but right. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, I like to end every podcast with some rapid fire questions. Sure. Uh, so the first one is, uh, what purchase of a hundred dollars or less have you enjoyed the most in the last? Oh man, months? that one's tough. <laughs> I actually asked my wife about that because. Man, a hundred bucks doesn't get you a whole heck of a lot, you know. <laughs> Not I mean, with inflation right now. You know, I mean, we bought groceries the other day. That was we were pretty excited about that. Um, you know, a hundred bucks or so. I don't. I don't know. You know, we like I said, we basically just work and we have our family life. So you know, we buy stuff for the kids and you know that kind of stuff. But yeah. uh, you know, we we have a, a fairly physical job. Yeah. And so you know, we 
we enjoy trying to take care of ourselves. So we, you know, we started doing massages and, you know, got a hot tub to sit in to try to relieve yeah. pain and stuff. So purchases like that is more what we really enjoy. Yeah. Um, the $100 stuff is, for us, is most of the time stuff that's needed for the house, you know? <laughs> um yeah, I, I I asked her. I said, "What do you bought something that's less than hundred bucks? You really enjoy?" We're both like, "I don't know. I don't know." If... <laughs> I said, "Groceries." She thought groceries was a good one. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that one because it's a lot of um, like hundred dollars. It, it is. It's one of those things where it's like it's not gonna be like your new car, or your whatever. Like it's yeah. something that you're probably using on a fairly regular basis. That's maybe not something that's like that exciting. But like I've gotten like people's hats or watches or. Um, yeah. you know, kitchen gadgets. Well, see, I was going to say like a new cool tool that I bought, but I haven't told my wife about all the tools that I bought recently. <laughs> so I don't want to wrap myself out over this, you know, <laughs> it's kind of a setup question. <laughs> Your secret's safe here. Um, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Pretend you have a friend coming from out of town. What would the first day look like here? Uh, you know, it's a fun community to be a part of too. So, you know, I, um, they're staying in my house. Obviously, when they when they wake up, we'd have something probably to do with the kids, especially during the weekday. And I, I, we walk our kids to school, and we you know hold hands with the kids on the walk, and we talk about what's going on with the day and stuff. I, you know, if they're staying in my house, they're probably really good friends or family members, mm-hmm. and I would I would love them to know what our what our family life is like, yeah. you know, in the mornings, um, and then. After that, I would take them around Camino Island here to the parks, down to the to the waters and stuff. You know. Yeah. Last year, when when we couldn't really travel anywhere, we uh, we took like two weeks throughout the summer, and we actually toured our own area, which we hadn't done in a long time. Yeah. You know, we got the Discover Pass and went to all the parks and took the dogs on on the walks through mm-hmm. the trails and stuff, and um, a lot of stuff I wish I would have done a lot earlier to see. Yeah. So I would definitely take them through through all those parks, through all the down to the beaches and, you know, yeah. have lunch down there and that kind of stuff. There's some beautiful spots out here that yeah. that get their recognition, but I think they're, you know, a lot of times underappreciated. I just think a lot of people are just so busy. Right. I mean, I didn't go there for years because yeah. I just didn't have time to go out there, you know? So that being shut down and not being able to travel kind of forced me to go do that. I'm glad I did. So I would definitely take them on those. Yeah. Um, and then for lunch, I would absolutely stop at, uh, Mi Cocina and get tacos. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah, a good spot. Steak tacos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, who is an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next? Um, you know, there's, uh, being here my whole life, there's so many people in this community that have built businesses that are, that are solely purpose to better, their friends and families and their communities. Um, giving you one is really difficult. Um, like the Staley mechanical guy, Mike, Yeah, I mean, works so hard. And Shannon, I went to school with Shannon, and they're amazing people so much for their community. Um, as far as I'm concerned, very community-based. Mm-hmm. Answer the phone, you're ready to go. There's a, um, his name's Mark. They own that Farm Fresh Northwest Meat Company. Yes. Amazing yeah. people. We get their, we've been getting their stuff for like two years now. That's another local family that's just doing something awesome. You know, there's so much of that in this area. I think there's more yeah. than people even know that. Right. There's a lot of trades, a lot of contractors, a lot of top-notch quality people mm-hmm. working right here that are more than happy to to help you and 
you know, they're, they're more than fair and their, their cost is equal, if not, maybe a little less, or maybe it's a little higher, but the quality of work is higher to go with it too. And, you know, and I've been surprised the amount of people, uh, in the community, especially those, the, you know, subcontractors and things like that, that have come out on, you know, a midnight run to fix something or things like that. And you call the bigger companies and they're like, okay, so like this is shut down. It won't, we can't open until this is fixed. And they're like, yep, we can get you next week. No, you know, that, so that won't like, work. <laughs> like Mike from Stilly last February, the heater in our big greenhouse decided on the coldest first snow day of the year to just die. Yeah. He was out there with me at nine o'clock at night in the snow trying to figure that thing out. Yeah. He didn't have to do that. Right. I mean, that's, that's because he, he knows who I am. He mm-hmm. knows I'm part of the community. He knows that was something that needed to be done. Yeah. That, that was the drive behind making that call happen. Right. Was that, was that fact right there? Yeah. You know, you call somebody out of the phone book and they're going to say, well, you're on emergency charge line. You're this much more, you know, it was. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I hope more people buy more from our own local contractors, our own local suppliers, yeah. our own. There's, there's some really, really good stuff around here. Yeah. Very cool. And lastly, what piece of advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Uh, you know, I think every 20-year-old, every probably 18 to 22-year-old at some point in time goes, why am I just not not seeing the results of what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. You know, you see that one friend come back from, from going to a four-year university and they land a good job and they're making good money. You're like, why am I not, why am I not seeing those results? Yeah. You know, I went through some of that. Um, I, I, I've always worked hard. I've always been honest. I've always, you know, kept my head up and, you know, all that. And I, I think I'd go back if I was 20 and I would tell myself that that's the important part. Yeah. Later in life, that will be the key to all success. Yeah. If you're honest and you work hard and you do what you need to do, you're going to, people are going to know it and they're going to rely on you or they're going to, you know, promote you through they're going to they're going to do those things yeah because they know that it's that you're dependable to to accomplish it yeah i i think uh it's probably even worse now than then because social media tells you you should be something right that not everybody should be that right you know you need to figure out what you need to be and and do that and yeah that'll get you somewhere right it takes time but you know that'll get you there yeah. So that's, yeah. I mean, that's what I would tell myself is figure that out a little earlier. Yeah. I yeah. think that's, that's, uh, I think it's great advice. And I think, um, that aspect of, um, just being con- like being, uh, consistent and, and doing that, doing a good job being, yeah. you know, just putting your best foot forward on, on everything that you're doing. Um, it's some, it's, a, you know, it's the slow road, but it gets you to where you need to get and where you want to go. Yeah, and then when you do realize it, the light bulb goes off. You're like, oh, man. Yeah. If I would have known that all those years earlier or, you know. Yeah. You know, and when other things are shoved at you so often. Yeah. How can you blame them for thinking they're not doing enough? Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast Yeah, thank you. All right. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Nick Sanders for joining me on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. 
If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other Islanders like yourself. And for more information on this episode, you can go to commandocommons.com slash podcast. That's commandocommons.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.